It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Jim Bennett. I'm here with Jill Atwood. Thanks for letting me tag along today. Oh, you know, we're glad to have you. And thanks for letting me tag along today. Uh, if you want to tag along, if you want to join the conversation, uh, text us on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. We've gotten a number of texts. Uh, that's where we discovered that Thor wasn't wearing a fat suit in the last movie. I'm so relieved. Uh, and I'm so disappointed. <laughs> uh, and uh, someone texted in and said, if you have Netflix that is no longer associating with Marvel, so anything Marvel will no longer be on Netflix. And that's kind of depressing. Hmm. Netflix actually did a bunch of short TV series about Marvel hero, heroes that didn't really tie into the movies. So it was really kind of frustrating because it, it, they were their own thing. Right. But they've all been canceled and none of that's going to work anymore. So, yeah, it's still a good day for comic book geeks, but uh, I think we need to move on. So, and I think it's going to be a while before they make a new Avengers. I'm ready. I'm ready for a break. And my you're ready po- for a break. And my pocketbook is, too, with my 12 and 10-year-old who want every, you know, piece of plastic avenger toy that's on the shelves well i I can understand (laughs) you know that goes i can absolutely understand that well uh we're we're going to be speaking with a guest here in a minute we have tracy barney on the line she's the traumatic brain injury coordinator at the utah department of health and this is a real problem and jill you've got some information on. yeah listen to these statistics during the 2016 through 19 school years over 1500 utah students suffered a concussion while at school so as the new school year begins As you can imagine, the Utah Department of Health wants to remind the public what the signs of a concussion are and the available resources to help those who sustain a concussion. And that's where Tracy comes in. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So why don't we first um, talk about the signs of a concussion and and what should people look for? Sure. So um, there are several signs of a concussion. Um, some signs that you may see um, from a child who has sustained a, a bump or blow to the head may be um, not being able to remember things before or immediately after they hit their head. Um, they may appear dazed, stunned. Um, they may forget some instructions or move clumsily. Um, and those are just some of the um, symptoms that could be observed signs that may, they may have a concussion. Well, so, and, and the fact, particularly with young kids who are so active, uh, I think there are all kinds of opportunities for them to, to hurt themselves if they're not careful. What are, what are some of the common ways that kids can get a concussion? Well, um, in the school, um, the most common ones were running, um, and they were during um, lunch or PE, um, and they were running, playing football, or walking. Those are some of the ones during the school that were reported um, in the student injury reporting system. So they trip and fall. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I imagine, you know, I mean, obviously, 
children have been getting head injuries for for a long time. Are, are we just becoming more aware of the effects or it taking it more seriously? I mean, it, it just seems like we're hearing a lot more about traumatic brain injuries and concussions now than, you know, a couple decades ago. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from, um, yes, there's more awareness, um, you know, with the NFL um, and all of those things brought some awareness to that. But we're also seeing that kids are, are taking a lot longer to recover from those and not necessarily any longer now than they were 10 years ago. But the, we're noticing those signs and symptoms of um, concussion can la- have long-lasting effects um, that maybe we didn't um, watch or see, you know, 10 years ago. In terms of learning, I would assume? Learning, oh yes, um, um, cognitive, maybe even, you know, um, sleep patterns are off or they have headaches and that can just cause some um, cognitive things that may um, affect them in their school or daily lives. Well, do you think that the rate of concussions is increasing or are we just getting more and more aware of it, that we understand the problem better than we used to? I believe it's just that we're just um, more and more aware of it. I, they're very underreported um, because the, the numbers that we do have are either emergency room or um, um, hospitalizations or um, a voluntary school reporting system. So um, the ones that are seen in um, clinics or out on the field in a game where a, um athletic trainer may um, see that they have concussion, those are not reported. So I believe it's underreported. And I just think we're just becoming more aware of concussions i want to talk a little bit about football and i don't mean to put you on the spot here but i'm going to put you on the spot okay so we did talk about that movie concussion and and i saw it as a Will parent. Smith movie yes it was fantastic movie but it was but scary and 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 frightening and and i have young boys and you hear different things about tackle football and how young is is too young to start playing um is it is it as scary as what is portrayed in in the movie? I mean, do you get questions like that? I mean, wh- what is your take on that? Yeah, um, the movie um, referred more to um, CTE, which is continuing um, cushions through, you know, out um, their whole career. Um, it's more of a... Um, so that, that focused a little bit more on that. Um, I think that we're a lot more safe, and we teach kids, especially in tackle football, how to tackle safely. Um, the Pediatric um, Association does recommend that you don't tackle until you're about 14, I believe is what they say, um, and you do flag football. Um, but I think that it's just becoming more aware, and that the awareness that... Um, these symptoms can go on and, and can have a lifetime effect if they're not treated and uh, addressed um, um, promptly. Well, we've talked a lot about this happening at school. Is there anything that parents can do to help prevent brain injuries? Well, um, I don't... Uh, to prevent them in in school is... Um, the schools are pretty good about having, you know, safe um, playgrounds and that kind of stuff. Um, parents just need to be aware. And if their child says they they hit their head and they're showing some symptoms like the, you know, memory or they're having headaches, um, then they need to be aware that that is something that um, could occur, a concussion could have occurred, and to have them seen by a medical professional. Well, so... In terms of the long-term health risks that are associated with concussions, uh, this is something the parents ought to be looking out for. I mean, I, I think yes. when, when I was growing up, it was more of a shake it off. 
you know, yeah, for kind sure. of thing. We, we now understand how serious that is. What are some of these long-term health risks that we probably ought to still have a sense of? Um, depression is a big one. Um, also, you know, um, attention, um, even even loss of balance or um, not sleeping right or always feeling foggy or confused. Um, those are some ongoing thing, um, symptoms that can, and they can occur depending on the, you know, um, severity of the concussion or how many concussions they have. And they can be a lifetime um, effect if they're not addressed. Well, Tracy, we very much appreciate your work in this area. We appreciate you coming on the show. As Tracy Barney, uh, thank you very much. Tracy Barney, the Traumatic Brain Injury Coordinator at the Utah Department of Health. And when we get back, we're going to uh, talk to, uh, to Jill about what's happening at the VA hospital. Well, yes. And speaking of uh, traumatic brain injury, we'll talk a little bit about that. And I still can't get that text out of my mind that person needing some help so we'll we'll talk benefits uh we'll talk awareness when we come back two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport she was tear gassed and beaten images of thousands desperate to escape taliban oppression filled our news feeds more than eighty thousand afghans made it to america but the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. And welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Jim Bennett, and I'm here with our next guest, who is also the co-host. <laughs> that a way to describe this? Uh, Jill Atwood, uh, who's co-hosting today, is also the director of communications for the Veterans Administration Rocky Mountain region. Yes. And uh, since we've got you here, live and in color, uh, we want to give you an opportunity to discuss what happens at the Veterans Administration and why it's such an essential resource for the Rocky Mountain region, but indeed for the entire country. Sure. What does the Veterans Administration do? Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, you have the NCA, the VHA, and the VBA. So you have the benefits side of the house, you have the health care side of the house, and you have the cemetery. Uh, the VA has an incredible infrastructure. Uh, we train most of the physicians across the country. The groundbreaking research that comes out of the VA is just insane. I could go on with that for a long time. And then emergency management. VAs are, we took, we took care of uh, Hurricane Katrina folks when they the came VA here did. in 05. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't realize the four missions of the VA aside from making sure our nation's heroes are taken care of. What are the four missions of the VA? So it's 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 healthcare, it's benefits, it's the emergency response, it's training and it's research. I think I said five. I added an extra one in there. <laughs> <laughs> we do lots of good things. This is good. Does yeah. the VA know this that they, they, they you've added another benefit for? Yes. Them? I should I should call Washington. 
They'll be pleased. Well, Robin Garfield is in here, our producer, and uh, we were having a discussion during the break. And Robin, you had some some good questions. Yeah, you know, we were talking. We we've been chatting about this sure. kind of all day since I've uh, been interacting with Jill and her background. You know, personally, my father is a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, he served in the Vietnam War. And uh, my brother is a veteran. My nephew is a veteran. My father-in-law is a veteran. Everyone knows a veteran. We have so many in our family. So there are some questions I had. First and foremost, as a family member of someone uh, like my father, who is in very good health, he's 80 years old, but Mm -hmm. should the need arise, how would I go about finding him help? Do I, can, can I go to, to the VA and start the process or does he need to go? Tell me a little bit about that process. You should go with him. So a lot of people envision just your father at, at the VA, the old guy with the, the World War II hat or the Vietnam hat. The, the face of the VA has changed. We have 18 years old to 110 years old. We have women veterans. We have strollers with babies, babies throughout the hospital now. Uh, we, you know, OBGYN for, for female veterans. Uh, we offer prenatal and postnatal care. Wow. So a lot of people don't realize that. They have no idea... Uh, the resources even outside of healthcare that that can take care of veterans. We literally, up on Foothill Drive, across from the U, we are a mini city well, serving veterans. But to answer your question, I would go in with your dad. So we have an enrollment office. It's located on the ground floor. So you walk into the main lobby, you walk around the corner, and we have our enrollment office. There is no appointment necessary. I would bring a DD-214, some of his financial papers, maybe last year's tax return, and that's it. Get him enrolled. Find out if he's eligible because a lot of of people don't realize, too, is just because you're a veteran doesn't mean that you're eligible for health care. So there are financial considerations, and there's also compensation and pension considerations. For example, if you're injured while in the service, you file a claim for that injury, and then you become what's called service-connected. And then health care is free for life. But it's also for those veterans who, who aren't doing so well financially. And we talked about that too. There. The um, homeless, you know, the, the homeless population right. in Utah, we've had a lot of conversations about that on air. How does the VA work with the homeless population and vice versa? What are, are, are some outreach programs? Absolutely. So there's transitional housing all around the Valley. And we even have one right on our campus called the Valor House. Uh, we have social workers actually embedded in places like the road home. Our homeless program is very robust, and I wouldn't say that our um, veteran homeless situation is as dire as it is in other places. I feel like we've done a tremendous job. If a veteran on the streets wants a place to live, there is a place to live. We find that many veterans in our outreach, and they'll go out in the middle of the night, in the dead of winter, under bridges. We go looking. We find that usually uh, they choose to be homeless for for various reasons whether it's a substance abuse problem they don't they're not ready to conform to some of the rules of the program to move forward um but yeah that's usually what we find and uh, again you can bring a homeless veteran into our er and our social workers will take it from there
And maybe on that, thinking about the homeless issue, what, talk to me a little about the mental health because there's a sure. there's physical and the mental health and the addiction and substance abuse issues. You have programs that work with. Oh, absolutely, health. and that's awesome. and that's part of the recovery process, vocational rehab, uh, m- mental health counseling. We even uh, work with veterans and teach them how to write their resumes and interview properly and really get back into the game but but that is it's it's like a taking veter- taking a veteran and we liken it to sort of unpeeling an, an onion to get to the real source and and a lot of times um it is the family members like you who ultimately i don't want to say force but but let veterans know you They're know we're, yes we're at this point Things are bad and we need to go talk to the VA and we can help them emotionally, physically, spiritually with housing, with vocational rehab, really with whatever they need. Well, you know, that mini city you talked about up on Foothill Boulevard is the reason the Bennetts are in Salt Lake City. My wife got a scholarship from the Veterans Administration on condition she worked for a VA hospital for two years. And she probably loved it. Uh, She did. We moved to Salt Lake, and uh, she went and worked at the Veterans Administration and uh, had, had, you know, back then, and this might be a controversial question, but this was kind of in the middle of the contract with America. Mm-hmm. And there was a proposal on the table to essentially wipe out the Veterans Administration and replace it with vouchers mm-hmm. and give veterans money to go into the existing health care system. I take it you don't think that's a good idea. And you're still hearing that today. You're still hearing and that. there is some form of it's not privatization because I think that would big, be a big mistake. But it's called the Mission Act. And we want veterans to get care when and where they need it most. And if we can't provide them the special care that they need in a timely manner or get them in to see someone absolutely they have that option but i tell you no one can offer the continuity of care that the va can um we know veterans better than anyone else we are specially trained to just care for veterans and the camaraderie and all the additional resources that we've already talked about uh, in going into a veteran's recovery is key. And a lot of times we find that when a veteran does go to the private sector, they come right back to us because they they appreciate being surrounded by their peers and and a, and a and a doctor that's known them for years. I mean, we can care for them for a lifetime and it's treating the whole veteran. And I think it's important to to make that distinction that you said earlier that veterans aren't just just the older generations no. but but it's these younger people coming home. What what would you say what what defines a veteran? What do you use as a as a defining to someone in the armed forces or who is Yeah, anyone who's who's served in the armed forces four years, two years. Uh it's interesting in Utah because we have a, a huge population of guard and reserve, National Guard and Reserve. So once those folks are deployed and they come back, they're considered a veteran and just quickly they're the ones that experience a lot of times a lot more trouble than our regular military folks because they're in a war zone one second home on the couch with their family the next and that's quite a jolt and that's where the va can come in not to mention the infrastructure and the research that va offers well jill's going to be here for another hour so if you have (laughs) questions for her we invite you to weigh in on the conversation through the utah community credit union text line text your comments to five seven five zero zero and we will be right back after the hour it's it's almost two o'clock